Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together, to remember that you have given us a new life, that the resurrection changes our focus, gives us a focus that is far different from the rest of the world. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us and help us to see what it means to live as Easter people, to live as people who have received blessings because you died on the cross, but blessings because you also rose again. Lord, we thank you. Thank you that we have this opportunity to reflect on your word. May your Holy Spirit touch our spirits. May your Holy Spirit transform us and change us. May you give us hope, joy, love and peace. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. I don't know if you've got any friends like this, but I've got a few friends that are witnesses to certain things. One of them comes to mind. He, is a, he was a pretty of a knockabout sort of character. Um, he used to like a beer and sometimes too many beers. Um, and he said he became an alcoholic because he needed to have beer every day. Um, but not only that, he ate unhealthy and he got stressed. And there became a time in his life where he felt like giving up. Well, now he's reformed, and not that he's a Christian, but he's reformed and now he eats very healthy. And so every time I keep in contact with him, I'm always wondering, what's he going to say? Because this bloke, he eats extremely healthy. He only eats raw vegetables and fruit. And occasionally what he does, he puts on Facebook, you know, this is what I've had for breakfast. Like one morning, I'm there eating my breakfast and he's got grated beetroot, grated carrot and grated celery and that's his breakfast, right? Um, but he's a witness to this because he, he, he shares with people how much it's changed the way he lives. But not only that, um, you could see he's healthier, he's got more energy, he's more excited about life than previously before. Well, the good news for us as Christians is that we too have some good news, some stuff that changes our life that we can be a witness to, that we have been witnessed to from others, but we also can be a witness to the world about, that changes the world, that gives them hope, that gives them life. From Acts chapter 10, verse 39 to 40, we hear, we are witnesses of everything he, that is Jesus, did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. And our focus today is about what does it mean for the Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, to be a witness to the world with this hope and new life that exists. But before we go deeper into looking at being a witness, I have three questions that I'm going to encourage you to, to think about during the sermon, but also to think about in your Christian life. And the first of this is, who are good witnesses of Jesus for you? Who have been significant witnesses, people who have been good witnesses of Jesus for you, who have been people who have been able to give you faith even though life may not be going well? Some years ago, when, as I was preparing for a funeral, there was a lady um, whose son-in-law said she is the best witness I've ever had of being a Christian. And this son-in-law of hers had grown up in the church, but he said church had become routine. It was like you just did it. You just went to church on Sunday for the sake of going to church. 
Um, he said it was more about before he met his future mother-in-law, it was more about just rules and about being inundated with what you had to do and that this was a tradition. And he said, in fact, he got to the point as a young adult, all he wanted to do was get to church, wish the pastor would hurry up with the sermon, move on, leave, go home and then get on with life. And that's how he approached his Christian life. However, when he met his future mother-in-law, he could see the impact that Jesus had on her, particularly the impact that we have a future with God had on her. And he said it started to change his life, his understanding of Christianity, that Christianity was something exciting, something worth living for, something that we should have a major focus for. And that has continued to affect him throughout life. It didn't mean he dropped what he was doing completely in life. He continued in the same job. He continued in his, with the family, got married. Um, and he enjoys being a Christian, even though life has not always been good for him. And that has been a good witness of Jesus for him. So what about you? Who have been the good witnesses of Jesus for you? The second thing, question to think about and keep in mind is, How does the fact that Jesus has given you life beyond death change the way you live today? So the purpose of Christianity is not to give us a comfortable life on this earth. It's not to make us pure, good, goody-two-shoes people. The purpose of Christianity is to say to us that God loves you and wants to have a relationship with you forever on this earth, but also continue past death. And so how does that affect the way you go about life? How does it change the way you live today? The third question to think about is, what does it mean for you to be a witness to the life Jesus gives? What does it mean for you to be a witness to the life Jesus gives? Not just today, you know, being here, being part of the church is one way of being a witness, but in all aspects of your life, in how you relate to other people, how you live for other people. If we look at the early early church writings, which are basically um, from Acts through to Revelation, we see that there are some original witnesses that are important for us. That it's because of these people encountering the risen Lord Jesus and not keeping it to themselves, but sharing it with others that we have faith. If you want to think about where has my faith come from, it is from these people that the Bible mentions. And the first, which we saw in our video from Mark chapter 16, the first was some women. Now, for us today, in today's Western society, we would think this is not overly significant. But if you went back into that time, in that era... If God was choosing people to be the best witnesses for him, the most reliable, the best people that others would take notice of, the last people he would choose from a secular point of view, from those era, from the Roman or the Jewish point of view, were women. Because women couldn't be trusted back then, was the belief. And the only way you would trust a woman back then is if what they said was backed up by a male. But God chose... And this is the the great thing about God. And he shows that he goes outside of the way we think. He chose women to be the first witnesses. Now, the unfortunate thing is they weren't initially believed. As we saw 
in our gospel reading. The disciples would rather live in misery than have some hope. So women, these women are the, the women, Mary Magdalene, Mary's, another Mary, Salome, were all witnesses to Jesus' resurrection. And they passed this on, and this has had a significant impact on the Christian church. Then we hear about the two men on the road to Emmaus. Right? They are witnesses to the risen Christ. Then we hear about Peter encountering the risen Christ. Now think about this well. If God was a God that says, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you if you've been good and loyal to me, Peter would have been the last of the disciples he went to. Because remember what Peter did? He denied Jesus three times before he was arrested. And then we have the disciples. On a number of occasions, Jesus encounters the disciples. Not all the disciples were always together. Remember, there's a story of a disciple called Doubting Thomas. Thomas wasn't with the others. And because he didn't see, he wouldn't trust what people would say. The other disciples said that they'd seen him. And then we hear in the first in First Corinthians that Jesus appeared to over 500 people. And then the last one on the list today, these original witnesses, we hear that he appeared to James. Now, James may not seem such remarkable unless you start digging and discover that James was very sceptical of Jesus being the Messiah. I don't know if you've got brothers or sisters like this who kind of doubt you or don't think you shouldn't be in what you're doing. I can tell you, if you rang up my sisters and said, do you think Richard would be a good pastor? They'd probably say on the surface, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they'd probably go, oh, well, there's these things you should know about him, right? They know all my warts and those bad things, right? Well, this is probably James. James is probably, A, a bit jealous of Jesus, but probably sees some things of Jesus that he doesn't think so good. Not saying that Jesus did anything wrong, but just he didn't like. Well, so he's a sceptic that Jesus could be the Messiah. But him encountering Jesus, the risen Jesus, changes his whole whole attitude, changes his whole life in the way he approaches. He becomes fanatical that Jesus is the Messiah because he's risen from the dead. And it's this message, the resurrection, is an important message, an essential message for us. Easter has two key messages that we must embed in our lives. The first is that Christ suffered and died and paid the price for our sins, something we couldn't do. But it doesn't stop there. My saddest thing as a pastor is some people who elect for whatever reason as Christians to say, I'm just going to go to church on Good Friday. What they hear is just the suffering and death. And yet, there's another part to the story which is important. And that is the resurrection. Because the resurrection changes everything. It means that his death was worthwhile because he could not be defeated. He could not be held down by death. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 to 21. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. 
What this means for us, this resurrection that we have, is not just some historical good story that we listen to every year. It's a story that has meaning for each of our lives. We have life after death with God forever that has been made possible by Jesus. His death and his resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything about our lives. Changes everything about our future and therefore can have a huge impact if we take it seriously on our lives. And so I want to talk about three witnesses and how the resurrection of Jesus affected their lives or affects their lives. The first you know well if you've been a Christian for a while. For those who don't, I encourage you to to look up or contact me about this story. The first is a gentleman called Saul who became Paul. Remember, Saul was a zealous Jew. He had a problem with Christians and he saw Christianity as a threat, right? As as a major threat to society. And so what he did was he would try to kill off every Christian he encountered. He, was, he would punish them. Um, he would make sure they are killed. And we know this from the scriptures. You know, the first Christian martyr is Stephen. Saul witnessed that, was a witness and encouraged that. He spoke heavily against Christianity. However, one day when he was going to Damascus, he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And that had a huge impact to his life. Instead of hating Christianity, he fell in love with Jesus. He fell in love with the message that what Jesus was on about. It changed his life, so much so that his name changed, but instead, and so much so that instead of being a zealot for killing Christians, he was a zealot for loving Christians and helping people connect to this message. He was dedicated his life to helping others connect and know Jesus even when it caused him pain and difficulties. The first stage is that for three years he had to go in a, he had to spend time away learning more, discovering more. We know that he ended up in prison, but even amongst being in prison, that he continued to share this gospel, this life-changing message to people so that they may have hope. He talks about a thorn in the side, which we don't know exactly what, but he continued sharing the gospel despite that. The resurrection of Jesus and him encountering Jesus changed the way he approached life. He had hope and he gave life to others rather than take life away. The second witness I want to talk about, because science is often seen as, in particular in today's world, as opposed to Christianity by some, well, is this is a scientist from the Washington University called S. Joshua Swamidas. And he's written an article about the resurrection, evidence and the scientist. And he sits there and he talks about and he says one of the critiques the science that opposes Christianity. But in this article, what he highlights is a couple of important points. First of all, he says, if Jesus really rose from the dead, it reorders everything, just like falling in love. It changes our view of the world. He doesn't engage with Christianity with a view of trying to disprove it. 
he engages with Christianity out of curiosity to learn from it, to see how it could be possible. And he says at one stage in the article that we need to remember that the resurrection is a supernatural one-off event, not something that's going to happen in this lifetime to anybody else. It will happen to us at the end of the time though. The next point he makes is that the resurrection makes sense through the lens of history. He said, if you want to understand what the resurrection's about, look at the lens of history. He said, there's many people, including many scientists, who have believed in Jesus, his death and his resurrection. And he goes on to say, I find the creator of all that science studies comes to us in this way. The evidence is compelling, but it's not definitive. Faith in Jesus is reasonable and is certainly not without evidence. One of the things he challenges is people who demand absolute proof right? that the resurrection happened. He will admit that that's not possible. But what he does say, there's many pointers that point to it. It likely did occur. Right? And he's encouraged by that. He basically says you can't prove or disprove the resurrection of Jesus from science. And the third thing he goes on to say is, So we are left with an invitation. Will we too believe? Will we be curious? Will we respond with trust? You see, his approach to life, to scientists, is to have faith in God, but to be curious, keep asking questions. He said that's the game of science, is to ask questions. And so... His life has been changed. His focus. He, you can see through this article, and you can, if you Google the resurrection evidence and the scientist, if you Google that, you can read through the article. You'll see that through this article, what, he, what he's about is saying, look, Jesus has risen from the dead. I'm convinced of that. But it's by faith. Science helps me a little bit, but science also never has not been able to disprove it. And so you can see in his world where there are many people who may be object to Christianity that he has allowed the resurrection story to affect how he's, his worldview, even in his work. And the third witness that I want to introduce to you comes from a story from Open Doors. Open Doors is an organisation that um, works with persecuted Christians. And they share a story about an Iranian Christian who's been put in prison. And as they're talking to him, um, it comes, the discussion comes up and says, how do you feel? Are you feeling sad or worried? Um, and he said, well, he said, one of the problems of being put in prison in Iran for, for your faith is that you, you do get a term, but you could be released. But what often happens is you get arrested the next day if they think you're still a threat with your faith. But then he goes and says something remarkable. He says, I don't see being put in prison as a bad thing. I don't see it as a bad news. I see it as good news. Now, I don't know about you, but if I got put in prison, I would not see it as good news, right? That would not be my automatic reaction. But for him it was because, remember, he's in Iran with this message of Jesus, this beautiful story of God giving hope and life and forgiveness of sins. And the reason he sees us as good news is he says he has the opportunity to be a witness to Jesus and to help others in prisoners have hope. And that's why God has placed him there. 
to help others to see that there is hope, that they can have a future no matter what they're going through. For him, the story of Easter changed the way he saw the world. But not only when he was free, but also when he was in prison. And he continually shared that good news. And he probably gained a bit of that from reading Paul. Because that's what Paul did when he was in prison. So as we conclude, as we think about the resurrection of Jesus changing everything... I want you to think about what does it mean for you that the resurrection changes everything for you. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. You have a future. You have a future that has been made possible not because you're a good person, not because you're necessarily loyal to God, You have a future that has been made possible because God loves you. Jesus came into this world for you, not to condemn you, but to love you and forgive you. So I want to leave you with this question. What does it mean now for you to be a witness to the life Jesus gives? As you live in this world, what does it mean for you to be a witness to this world, to the people you engage with, to people you know, to the life Jesus gives. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of hope and the gift of a future. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us. Help us always to live with that hope. When life is good, help us to celebrate with you. When life is ordinary, help us to remember that you are walking with us and to encourage us. When life is difficult, Remind us that you are present, but also remind us of the life you are giving us, the life you have made possible through Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your resurrection, the resurrection that means we have a hope, that we have a future, that we can look forward to a life without sin, but full of love. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.